Mm. That gets you up and moving around. I love it. I love it. Involuntary body movements. (laughs) Yeah, it's more kind of... That kind of music. Is that scar? Reverse peristalsis. What's that? It's throwing up. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Cars Guide podcast, where we tear down, pressure test, and rebuild the issues of the automotive week. I'm James, and with me are Richard. Hello. As well as one of our key and possibly most prolific contributors, Peter Anderson. Hello. This week, among other things, we'll look at speeding cars in Victoria that will definitely not be fined. The most unlikely SUV maker of them all, and of course, flying cars. But first, Musk Watch. So, the big news in Musk Watch, of course, is that Tesla shareholders have approved... Overnight, Elon's $2.6 billion compensation package. According to TheVerge.com, compensations dependent on the company hitting milestones, including Elon driving, see what I did there, Tesla, to a market valuation of $650 billion in the next 10 years. That's 10 times the company's current value of around $59 billion. So when Tesla's worth $100 billion, Old Elon gets one-twelfth of the total stock options package, and it is in stock options, mm. so that's about $217 million. And each time Tesla's market valuation grows $50 billion beyond that, he'll be awarded another one-twelfth across 16 different targets. It's growing around revenue and profitability and market capitalisation. So on the basis of what we've seen so far, Peter, <laughs> is, is that looking good? Is he going to be in the money? <laughs> uh, look... It- a good chunk of me says no if they persist with this idea that they should need to be a mass manufacturer rather than a platform developer. Um, I just don't think they've got their head around how to build lots of cars. Well, at the moment, they're a partial manufacturer. Yeah. They're, they're producing yeah. cars but nowhere near in line with oh. their um, you know, nowhere predictions, near. projections. I, I have to say, though, like for a, a Silicon Valley compensation package, that seems unusually comprehensive because normally it's just like, well, if you get it to seventy billion, we'll give you this. So right. it, it's, it does sound like so. I'd, no, probably he won't hit it. So he gets his regular wage or at, at the moment, right? He gets pocket money. Yeah, <laughs> this, so this is like an incentive plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. this is pretty standard in the old Silicon Valley. They just yeah. throw all these stock options at you. Even lowly workers get stock yeah. options yeah. at these companies yeah. because yeah. they just throw them out like confetti. Yeah. Well, except for the companies I worked for. Well, Are they that's really right? worth anything if they're just stock options? That though? is exactly the point. Like, so it's yeah. a very easy way to in, to incentivize yeah. uh, someone without actually having to lay out the dough yeah. um, at the time. Yeah. Well, at two point six billion, it's not like you can wake up one morning and decide to sell them and buy a house. That's right? what I mean. So for for, for yeah. the lowly workers at those companies. So yeah. years ago, I worked for Netscape. Well, I didn't, but I was it kind of did. Story. Anyway, anyway, so they gave out stock options, and those guys could wake up one morning and sell them and buy a house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Elon can't do that because he would destroy the, the yeah, share market value yeah. of the company. So it's kind of a weird thing. It's kind. It's more a kind of look at me, look at how much I've got. And okay. what, what they tend to do is what Bill Gates has done and put that into a trust that then funds things like, you know, research. So hopefully yeah. he does that. It's a yes. lot of money. It is a lot of money, and and he is currently busy putting Model Threes together in his own garage. <laughs> yeah. To you well, know, pump up the volume, the as it were, because yeah. uh, yeah. the gigafactory is struggling. He's Very got to learn much. to delegate. He does. He's got too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, He's running like five companies: space, space, boring, space, space above ground, boring. underground, underground. Model Which 3. is ironic because I find the space stuff boring, 
and I find the car stuff kind of spacey, and it's all <laughs> it's all just weird. Well, he's obviously the space stuff's working, yeah, yeah. and the car stuff's not. Although, so no, wait, a, a careers advisor would probably be saying Elon. <laughs> so wow. the recent double landing, they missed the bit where the third chunk fell into the sea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. like, Look, two out there. of three ain't bad. Well, though. it's you know. They made more rockets than Model 3s. All right, we'll, we'll leave it there with Crazy Elon. Mm. We'll, we'll come back to revisit his uh, exploits uh, next week and keep you updated. Excellent. But in further kind of Silicon Valley bros type news, sadly, mm. an autonomous Uber ran down and killed a pedestrian in Arizona. That person was walking a bike across the road at 10 o'clock at night. The car was travelling around 65 kilometres an hour in auto mode with a driver behind the wheel, as there must be, mm. uh, and yet this uh, fatal collision happened. Mm. A few things come to my mind. It's a, a Volvo was the car. There should be systems. I'm thinking, yeah, detection systems, uh, AEB, mm-hmm. other bits and pieces that could have mitigated this crash that on the, on the basis of the footage, footage. we've seen... Uh, didn't happen. No brake force at all, from what no. I can tell. Yeah. Well, well, that's it. I mean, we've we've tested cars. Guides tested an XC60, not an XC90, and uh, we didn't use a real person because mm. we're not silly. We used a dummy, and um, the car <laughs> you stopped. Used, you used Mr. Pritchard. We, we did. We tried. <laughs> um, union rules. Yeah. OHS. <laughs> they always get in the way. Yeah. And it stopped. It stopped for this. You know, this, you can check it out on YouTube. It actually mm. stopped. It bumped into it, but it wasn't going to be a fatal injury. Yeah. So why did this happen? Yeah. yeah. It, mm. it seems like the autonomous gear is overriding the basic... That seems to me... Like, just looking yeah. at it, I don't know, yeah. but right. it looks like it. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, depending on what statistics you want to look at, there's still a lot of apprehension hmm. amongst, um, you know, the general public about getting into a car that they're not operating yeah. and no one else is. Yeah. Or being <laughs> around one. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. Like, it's not so just it's unnerving. if you're inside. So yeah. there has to be a lot of trust yeah. built up yeah. and yeah. that would equate to success i.e. here's some demonstrable success mm. yeah. where this autonomous technology is actually doing what we expect it to. Yeah. So this is a massive kind of uh, step backwards in terms of public faith yeah. in this they, kind of technology. Why don't, why don't we start with cars that aren't giant SUVs and something which, if it does hit you, it's not going to hurt you? Like, no. a, you know, a tuk-tuk well, or one of those rickshaw bikes. Yeah. Well, look, I don't know. But I, I think that would be even more complicated, <laughs> <which> yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> In typical fashion, yeah. you've you've managed to try and simplify something by making it more yes. complicated. That's why I get paid the big bucks. Well, see, <laughs> autonomous driving to me, to to the point of making things hard, is like the Bitcoin of the automotive world. It's everyone's talking about yeah. it. Everyone says, "Oh, it's easy." It's not, yeah. and it's useless. And the, and it may yet prove to be too difficult yeah. to get yeah. to level five yeah. for for some time into the future. Yeah. And uh, I know, Peter, you were saying earlier that the various projections, bold projections mm. that have been made about when we're going to be at level five autonomy, which is no pedals, no wheel, yeah. no mm. driver, uh, they're, they're pretty bold. Well, Ford, Ford have said that by 2020, they'll have a level five Fully autonomous car. Yeah, but will they be able to sell it on the road? I mean, there's legislation. No, they want to make it a carpool car, like a ride chair car. Well, that's the year after next. Yeah, so that's not going to happen. That's that's sounding extremely courageous. So the Euro manufacturers, like BMW yesterday, said, we don't have the hardware to run level five. I, and I even double-checked with Graham Wickman, the CEO of Ford Australia, if that was all on track, and he told me it was. Wow. So, mm. Well, we're holding to that. And yeah. That'll be that very interesting. New South Wales government stuff as well. They're still yeah. pushing ahead. I know. Those trials. Yes, that's right. So at the moment, at, at Sydney Olympic Park, they've got uh, 
a driverless car trial is taking place, mm. and they're going to be rolling it out across the, the M2, the M4, the M7, the Sydney Harbour Tunnel, the Harbour Bridge. Mm. Yeah, I mean th- those as you know, as we were speaking about earlier, mm. those those places don't have pedestrians on no, them. Thank goodness. Yeah, um, but yeah. still, I think it all points to the fact that getting to level one or two autonomy, which is basically assistance systems that mm. we have now, mm. like um, active crews and some lane keep assist. That's been done. That's yep. fine. But then when you get into the incredibly elaborate area of all of the variables that need to be accounted for, mm. yep. when you're completely hands, feet off, mm. um, that J-curve of development is fat at the bottom yeah. and steep and thin at the top. Absolutely. And we're we're, we're going to be waiting a while, I dare say, before it happens. And I don't mind Agreed. waiting for them to get it right. Yes. All right. Well, look, let's move mm. to cars that very much aren't driverless. There are, in fact, drivers installed. Only the one. And they'll be circulating around Albert Park this weekend. Richard, you are putting the point that the Australian Formula One Grand Prix is the worst race on the F1 calendar. It's by far <coughs> the worst race. Please explain. And there are some bad races. Um, <laughs> look, I've had a bit of bit of uh, bit of involvement with the uh, Australian uh, Grand Prix over the years. I won't sort of go into any details. So I don't want to <coughs> toot my own horn. Oh. Um, but um, those cars don't those have cars, other horns. <laughs> that's right. Or stoplights. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. Or indicators. Injuries. How can they operate safely? It's bad for two reasons: the location. And, and the time of year it is in the calendar. See, you're wrong um, on both okay, counts. Okay, just hear me out, hear me out. It's the first, it's, it's, it's the first race in, in the year. Yeah. No one's ready. No. Some, some cars no. don't even have liveries. They use it as a testing round, so they're not going. There's, there's no, it's not at the end of the year where it's, you know, the last three cars in contention for first, second and third in the entire calendar. It's, it's right at the start. Anything can happen. You've got another, what, 12 races to, to, to go through. Mm. The other one is the venue. It's at Albert Park. It's the Albert Park's boring. It's flat, like the rest of Melbourne, and oh. you, you can't get up high enough to see you unless can. you're in a grandstand. That's rubbish. A general admission. The no. switchboard's lighting up. Actually, you know what? <laughs> Speaking of the grandstands, that is that I will concede they are terrible because they're uncovered, and I cook. In about what? ten seconds. I thought you, you say you cook in the grounds. No, well I you could. It it's so got a little hot. Bunsen burner. <laughs> However, generally a curry. If you're <laughs> happy to get there early, you can get on one of those concrete. There's lots of those oh. concrete blocks on the side of the track. I mean, you do get idiots what turning do, up too. You carry your own in. Well, you that just would be, bring your own concrete. <laughs> oh, no, security block. goes not in those concrete blocks, mate. Look, um, right. I've got to admit, I don't do early. So when I do get there, like everybody. When was the last time you paid for a ticket to the race? Well, like yeah, exactly. Okay. See, I've done. So, I've done done it. I did it for 12 years straight where I actually paid for a ticket to go to the race. None of your namby-pamby corporate action. No, 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 no. This was this was a few years ago. I was given, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll fess up, I was given, I, I used to make the, the Australian Formula 1 official program mm. and I was given uh, general admission tickets every single year. Right. I'm t- so you did go GA. I did go GA. Yes. Uh, but they were free, they were free tickets. Yeah. Um, I never got a grandstand pass um, and I never bought one because I'm too cheap. cheap. Um but each year I would find myself on around turn nine or turn four and wherever else trying to see over people's heads. You're like nine feet see. tall. How I know, does that even Even happen? then you can't get high enough to see over them and, and see what's happening. You're sitting in the wrong spots because you yeah. used to be able to sit on the inside of turn five, which was fantastic. They have Is that where you see them as they come around, they turn right and then they head yeah, yeah, toward, yeah. toward yeah. six? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was right. uh, I sat on the inside of turn four a couple of mm. years ago where all the action happened. It was great. Didn't, and I just sat on the Didn't the flag marshals move you on if you were sitting on the inside of turn four? <laughs> not the apex. I just told them who I was and they 
away. Yeah, I yeah, thank God for that. Fine. Yeah, no. Look, so yeah, it was I, fine. I, I, I think love it. I think there's a lot to be said for Melbourne because so much pressure's built up during the off season where there's all this intensive development mm. and and uh, everybody's ready to go racing. The drivers are fresh. All options are possible. Even the tail enders are thinking this could be our year. Yeah. You know, we we can win this. Uh, sadly, that tends to be rearranged. That thinking. Yeah, well, as soon as the Mercedes brought, do a two-second yeah. lap qualifier. But, but and look, the, the European teams have come to a warmer climate. Everyone's ready to go, and, and people in Australia, people in Melbourne particularly, mm. embrace it. I think it's terrific. There are How some much better dull would races. it be if it was the fifth event in, this, in the calendar and it was in Sydney? No, that no, around no. the harbour. Sydney will wreck everything. Across the harbour bridge. No, the finish oh, line is the harbour bridge. No, all right. No, you're fantastic. No. We've always known that your address is in La La Land. Yeah. That's just <laughs> confirmed it. You've just gone deep. It'd be fantastic. But look, if you're keen on having your heart rate elevated, stand by and listen to this. Australian performance drivers love their cars, and the performance car they love the most is the one that's done it all. From the Mount Panorama Winner's Circle to your driveway, all roads lead to Winton. The 2018 Winton Turbo now features an even more potent version of the powerhouse Redback two-stroke V9 Turbo, backed up by the latest generation version of our patented torque tumbler transmission technology. Once you eye it and try it, we guarantee you'll buy it. Australia's Winton Turbo. Inspiration is standard. Talk Tumblr transmission available at extra cost. Wheels and tyres sold separately. Batteries not included. Consult your Winton dealer for final pricing. Winton. Mm-hmm. Hey, Winton. Hey. Which, oh. which, of course, you know, whenever we mention Winton, we, we talk about the great friend of the show, Frosty Chops. Inventor of the mahogany bumper. Head of Media and Government Relations at Winton Moco. He's currently down at the F1 Grand Prix this week. Uh, He's ensconced in the Winton corporate box. Bored, I which, which I believe is actually in uh, the Bridge Hotel in South Yarra. Because sadly, <laughs> young Elmo and Hashtag and Frosty's team missed the hospitality booking deadline. Oh, no. You know, they d- no. Really, they're learning. They're mm. still learning. They're protégés. Yeah. yeah, when you've got a mentor like Frosty, <laughs> yeah, are they going to go places? Where's he staying? Yeah. Where's he, where's he? Well, the corporate box, Bridge Hotel, Bridge yeah. Hotel. Yeah. Bridge Hotel. It's yeah. just, it's not that it's far that... away, but it's not really at the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More Richmond than um, South Yarra. He's been yeah. working the angles with Chase Carey from Liberty Media, the, mm. the relatively recent owners of F1, because yep. he'd already put in the hard yards with Bernie yes. on a celebrity race at Monaco, featuring you know, you didn't hear it from me, but a certain Aussie automotive icon. So we'll watch that space. You never know what might happen later in the season. Oh, Chase Carey, is he wearing socks yet? He's got a handy moustache, hasn't he? He's the one handy. with the... No. Isn't it Chase Carey? Oh, Chase big, has... He's got oh, the big, no, he's got the big of, handlebar moustache. Sean Bratch is the guy who doesn't wear socks. Right. Okay, well, moving on. We'll keep you updated with uh, with how Frosty goes with mm. that negotiation. How's his hammy going? His hammy? Yeah. I don't know. Well, there's another injury we can't yeah. talk about Ooh, um, in this mm, podcast. I'll bring you up to speed on later on. a camera, that one. And <laughs> on a cable. Moving from moving from fast cars circulating around a race circuit, Richard, you've been in what what are their family vehicles really? They're the S- SUV uh lineup from BMW. You've yeah. gone from you've gone from one to five. I've gone from X one, X two, X three, X four, X five. And we've recently seen some spy picks which once again confirm the imminent arrival of an X seven. Yes. And you you believe it's it's required, it should it's, be in there. Look, uh, our BMW doesn't have a direct 
compared to to Audi's largest SUV, yeah, Q7. Q7. Yeah. Um, and seven seats in an X5, it's just a little bit. It's tight, squishy. isn't it? So what's yeah. the Merc equivalent? A GLS? A GLS? So you've got yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you've got GLE and GLS, <coughs> um, and and that's and that's what it needs. It it really needs a GLS or Q7 competitor, yeah. and that that's exactly what an X7 will be. Hmm. Um, the Q5 is also getting pre- sorry, X5 is also getting pretty long in the tooth. Yes, it it's is. It's been around time a whole time, time. Sure. Yeah. and this X7 will be up to date in every way and larger. They need yeah. a larger SUV. All right. Hmm. Hmm. Because they're already, you know, I see the X5 as an immense car. It's big. It's big. So the X7, and, but then we've, all, all, for the longest time, called the Audi Q7 the yeah. QE7. That's because right. It's, it's so enormous. It's yes. a big car. It's, yeah. it's long run. It doesn't, it's not as overbearing, though, as a, the old Q7. Correct. Yeah. Correct. It doesn't look as big. Yeah. Look, it's only, it's, look, it's 4.9 metres long, the, yep. the X5. Yeah. Which is oh, that's, under that's five metres. Oh, length. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Well, CX9 is like... Over five. No, the old one is the new one's under. Yeah, but that's still total bore. Right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you should be a motoring journalist. <laughs> but yeah, this four point nine is the new CX nine, isn't it? So it's mm. around about the same size. Okay, it's you know. So what would an X seven be? It sails over the five meter mark, and um, it does. X seven is uh, five point two. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a, a big, big car. car. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a big car. And oh, I don't know. Anyway, all right. Anyway, all right. Stand by for the X7. Yeah. Uh, and no doubt the X8. That's right. And yes. and Audi's oh. filling every number gap through its lineup. You will have an yep. A1 through to probably 25. That's yeah. right. And minutes. Why B- not? Yeah, BMW's got the new X2 as well. So yeah. they're going to do exactly the same thing. But if you think that's obscene, this is it. The end of days. You may already be aware of the fact, uh, I for one wasn't, that Lotus... Lotus I don't is making an SUV. Yeah. Lotus. Yeah. According to the CEO, Jean-Marc Jalez, some Gale. might say Gales, mm. speaking to Automotive News Europe, it's four years away mm. and it'll be mid or large size. Now, the way I see it, this is down to Geely mm-hmm. injecting a bit of cash. Yep. Lotus has put on some more headcount, some mm-hmm. more R&D dollars. Uh, they can probably <laughs> reach over and borrow a, a Volvo platform from mm. its partner and china will love it mm. but it to me it's an obscenity i, I can't find it hard to believe it's not look there's some weird decisions being made yeah, there now uh, jean-marc has done a really good job with lotus it is it was profitable with the old owners which was an impressive feat um but they apparently they're going to kill the elise Right. Which is odd. Like, so they're not even going to replace it. They're just saying no more release. So it looks like they're going to concentrate on the Avora. They're oh. going to do another mad track car and they're doing an SUV. I found that really unnerving because one of our daughters is called Elise. Oh. Well, sorry. They're going to kill Elise. Yeah, well, damn. Maybe the I'll let her know tonight. Yeah, okay. We'll have some kind of avoidance strategy. Do you know what I see this as, though? Mm. Um, and a couple of years ago, I sat in a round table with some uh, Maserati chief executives. Mm. Um just before the Levante came out, they said, unless we do an SUV, yep. um, it could be a bit dicey for Maserati's future. Yeah. All right. So I really see this as an attempt to try and save Lotus. It's a money printer. Well, I, I, I don't think... I don't, I that's think what they without, think it is. Without an SUV, yeah. they could survive. Yeah. So they're looking at Porsche and they're looking at you know, Maserati as, as examples of how they managed to turn... Sales around. Well, Porsche is the model, isn't it? They, yeah. re- they brought out the Cayenne, which was butt ugly. Yeah. But 
It's everyone so bought it, yeah. and like, yeah, it, it it stunk to look at. Yeah. But yeah. the amount of yeah. money that it brought in, and yeah. I'm happy for these things to exist if it makes the rest of the business better, which it did with Porsche. Yeah, that's a fair call, and, isn't it? And yeah. do you know what people people are going to buy? An SUV Lotus. Yeah, I think so course. too. Now, Jean-Marc is saying yeah. that he's promising that it's going to be dynamic and fun. Yeah. And I, look, if it's possible, it won't yeah. be hybrid. He's already said it won't be hybrid. Okay. He said it's too heavy. Yeah. Yep. Says, because have, that's it. They're still mm. on about the, you know, simplify and add lightness. Purity, it's yeah. it's uh, all about that for Lotus. Look, so yeah. it could be, be a very interesting vehicle. I mm. think it will be fascinating. Um, yeah. But I just wish they'd, they'd just do a new release it as well. It could turn the company around. I think like, so. Right. I, I now, absolutely yeah. think okay, so. Okay, given yeah. that we're in profit, turning the company around would actually send <laughs> no, no, them. No, no. I mean, it could actually... It could, into it could, the red, wouldn't it? It could, it could really, really make the company some, Look, I, some I serious money. Look, I think they're money. chasing Lamborghini. Yeah. I yeah. think that's what they're doing yeah. so right. for sales. And, and they're lost because yeah. at the moment every Lotus looks the same. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Great. Okay, well, we'll, we'll receive all your feedback on that. Does <laughs> yes. every Lotus look the same? Who knows? But now, a word from the up-and-coming young guns... Oversteer. When you're done listening to these old farts ramble on... Can I tell a story? Come and listen to the Oversteer podcast, where we talk about the stuff that kids love. Story time with Mitchie Boy. Yeah, because if I don't try, I won't fail. <laughs> like, oh, you know on, how mate. you roll into a petrol station and you're like... <sighs> Would you rather be designated driver for a group of kids on a sugar high... Or a group of super drunk adults. Yes, the Oversteer podcast has everything. And you can find it on the Cars Guide website, iTunes, and where all good podcasts are sold. Now, something that our Oversteer colleagues would undoubtedly love. I hate them. <laughs> that'll get back. <laughs> is a flying car. Not if we kill them first. Now, yes. we, we seem to return to mm. this subject every now and then. But yeah. Audi has partnered with Airbus and Ital Design to build a flying car. It was actually shown at the Geneva Motor Show recently. Mm. It's called uh, Pop-Up, and it's sort of a pod system. And I hadn't looked at it closely enough, but now I've got half an idea of what it's on about. So it's a modular system Mm. where you have a pod for passengers of, you know, a given number that can connect with a four-rotor drone-type structure on its roof. So it flies away. Then when you come back, you can detach the four rotors and drop it into a four-wheel chassis so that it then operates as a car. So you're, if you imagine Lego bricks, you've got your big Lego mm, brick mm. in the centre as your passengers, yeah. and you can click a four-rotor drone thing on the top, pop that off, or click it into a four-wheel driving chassis, and off you go on the road. It mm. seems amazing. I, I hadn't come across that kind of approach before. What do you make of that, Richard? Uh, look, I really like it because up until now, flying cars have just been aeroplanes, yes, which they have, have got a... Yeah. You know, a red Joe number plate on the front, yep. and they've got wings that fold, um, which fold, fold to go into your garage. Yep. Um, but this is this is the this actually could work. Yeah, I, I really like this idea as well. Will it be yeah, a, Will it be autonomous? That would be dangerous. Well, see, it has oh, to be. Have, have to work that out. Okay, the award for stating the bleeding obvious goes to Richard Berry. It's all good. People are terrible drivers. How are they going to be as flies? Oh, look at all this extra space. I'm no, no, clonk. human beings are, f- are pretty capable things. Like, at the moment, we're already travelling at speeds of 100 and, you know, odd k's an hour. Mm. And we're, we're... So well, too. We're com- but we are. We, we are. heard the Sydney but traffic report yeah, in the morning. Of all, of all the cars in Australia... And all and, and, and the speeds we're travelling at, why are there no more accidents or crashes? How do we all get to work alive? We're doing a pretty good job, no, I think. I don't think 
We were never supposed to travel any faster than 15 kilometres an hour by under our own means. We are now travelling at speeds in excess of like 300 in Formula One. I agree. Adding an extra dimension does uh, kind of dial up the complexity of the whole driving. I think I'd rather time travel than air travel. We're capable. Human beings are capable. We're all ready. We can catch a ball. You know how hard that is? Yeah, yeah we all to do it. But humanity do it. also voted Donald Trump in. Yeah, but they're not human. <laughs> so I don't know. Left, Ooh. right, brake, accelerate, then up, down. Yeah. We'll that's be fine. Yeah. We'll be fine. Oh, if you can operate tricky. a drone, you, if you can operate a drone, you can operate. I can't. Operate Richard's a crossing drone. his fingers yeah. while he's saying he's all this. I'm not here. Look, all of them. <laughs> Look, we'll watch that space. <laughs> I think it should be illegal. And speaking of, is it illegal? Da, da, da. We've got some new stories in our advice section on oh, carsguide.com.au and excellent. I'm going to test uh, you guys with the next four. So you have to answer this question with a yes or a no. Is it illegal to drive with a broken arm or cast no. on your arm? Yes, I reckon it's illegal. You too. reckon it's illegal? Yeah. Peter no. says no. What if it's a manual? Yeah, exactly. What if it's a manual car? Well, that's up to you as this amazing humanity that you've just well, described to I us. Did, I changed gears with my right hand yesterday because I was trying to get my wallet out of my other pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're I so was on a racetrack. I was on a race. Oh, shit. Humanity's so good that it forgets to get its wallet out wow. before it gets in the car. Is it illegal to be Richard Derry? <laughs> no, that's, that's not one of the Unfortunately, questions. no. Is yeah. it illegal to eat and drive? Sadly, no. It depends what you're eating. <laughs> Doesn't it? Doesn't it? <laughs> if it's a crombouche. <laughs> well, that's true. If it's a fondue. <laughs> and you're trying to get that last bit of cheese. Yeah, and if you're naked, imagine. My whole boat doesn't supply that. Naked fondue driving. <laughs> Is it that? That's well, very 1970s. I, I just think that's bad sense. <laughs> yeah. Is it illegal... To drive with both feet at the same time, which I think equates to left foot breaking. probably breaking with your left foot. Then I was breaking. No, the I do that all, all the time. Weekend. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. is it illegal though? I think you'd no. fail your driving test for it, but I don't think it's illegal. illegal. It's not illegal, right? Have you ever tried driving along? Have you tried to drive with your legs crossed over? So you that leads me right. to our next question, yeah. okay. Richard. Is it illegal yeah. to drive with your with your left foot, which I take to mean you know swapping Only over yeah. using your left foot on the accelerator? I've done it. Yeah, well, you might have Does done it, but is it illegal? Oh, well, no, it's, you it's are banged easy. to right, son. <laughs> and no, it's not illegal it's, because it's, I know someone who had to do that after injuring their right leg. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. What, did they have a break? They're driving with a broken leg. Well, actually, their leg was half off. What? Yeah, along with some other undercarriage bits. What? So, wow. they, so for a long time, they had to drive with their left foot only. Oh. Well, while they re- rehabilitated their right foot and some of their undercarriage bits. Gee, because that, they, they awoke from the crash sitting on the guardrail. No! Mm. Oh, that conversation went oh. to a place I didn't think it was going to. Oh, my goodness. Any, anyway, if you want to know the answer to those questions and more, go to carsguide.com.au, our advice section, and you'll find the answer. Hmm. So which leads us to what's in our garage? Hmm. What have we been driving this week? Peter, first of all, what have you been steering? It's, it's been an exciting weekend, actually. Just gone. I had a Lexus LC500 V8, possibly the wildest, coolest-looking car on the road today, or pretty close to. That was. It's really interesting. It's got the four-wheel steer option, mm. uh, an interesting ride, um, great sound, and everybody like you know, lots of people looking and 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 and, and the iDrive, the not iDrive. Oh no, horrendous! Yeah, it's still yeah. terrible. Um, Magic touch. Magic touch. Uh, yeah. It's got the the. 
Which is actually smoke and mirrors. Oh, you act, you, it's, there's no touch, there's no, no magic. It's dreadful. That's true. <laughs> At, over the same weekend, uh, to make my life uh, ever more difficult and ludicrous sounding, I also had a McLaren 570 GT. You poor bastard. I know, it was awful. <laughs> wow, that's quite a garage for the week. It was, I had 16 cylinders and two turbos. At Fantastic. The front. Plus, plus my long-term Hyundai Kona. Which is a lovely extra little cylinders. Thing. I love yeah. the Kona. So we, yeah, it's a great yeah. car. So it, Rich, honestly, terrific Richard, car. how many cylinders and you know four four turbos, cylinders? Yeah, so I had four twenty cylinders. and two turbos for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't been driving anything as impressive, uh, mm. but at the same time, probably far more uh, useful. Uh, useful. It's the Mazda <laughs> Three Max Sport sedan. Oh. Absolutely love it. Um, I've got the Neo Sport from today. Hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mine was the uh, six-speed manual. Um, oh, half your luck. Great, great gearbox. Uh, easy to shift. Uh, with, you, with your wrong hand. With yeah, your wrong hand. hand. That's right. Uh, no, I loved it. Uh, only problem with it was it, it's the grade which doesn't have proximity unlocking. So oh. it's been very rainy in Sydney. I've been running out with arms full of child and things. And I've your child, I hope. Do the key to the, actually get the key and oh, unlock it. I see. Mm. But. Uh, little tip, um, I was playing in a playground with, with my son and I was in the big net tube where mm. you've got to wriggle through mm. like a worm and halfway through the worm, the key's gone off in my po- pocket and opened the boot in the car and I can see the car with the boot open about 100 metres away. And the nanny is And I'm stuck in the tube and the car, the boot's open and there's... Anyway. Right, that's a great tip. So for when, when people are you want to wriggling the boot, through the tube like a worm, don't have your keys with you because the boot will open. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's great. Sometimes okay, we'll, it might start. We'll store that one it. away too. Yeah. We supply the most, you know, practical we, information. It's beyond the test drive. It's beyond We're, the test drive. <laughs> We're beyond the test drive. It's the test crawl. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've been um, driving a BMW i3S, which is your oh, sporty is i3. i3. So I love yes. it. Yes. Love it. I've always been a big fan of the i3. Mm. Uh, I just like, irrespective of the fact that it has no engine, it has, you know, an electric motor. Mm. Love that. Yes. But just the design of the car, mm. there's so much to like about the intricacies and the attention to detail throughout it. Oh. I've often thought that rather than just plugging the car in, I'd like to slot the car into our house. Yeah. yeah. So that it becomes an extra room. Yeah. Yes. Like a little reading room. It's we just sit in there nice and car. it's such a pleasant environment. <laughs> like the Audi a- pod. And you yeah. drive away so and you, you have an electrical connector. It's like when you plug yeah. in a you know, battery, you plug the car yeah. into the house and it just becomes an extra room. That would you be can great. Actually, when the boots open on a Range Rover Evoque convertible, that looks like it should back into a, a yeah. plug of some description. Yeah, exactly. It? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's um, so quick and it's very electric car-like in all of those attributes, yeah. but really big fan. And the S is the, you know, your sportier model, yeah. slightly wider tyres, which mm. still means they're just skinny yeah. as opposed to... Still cheese cutters, aren't they? Yeah, yeah but um, a little firmer in the suspension. You're having to plug it in every night? You... I plugged it in? Yep. Yeah, yep. plugged it in. Well, it's easy. Yeah. You just plug yeah. it in yeah. and uh, off you go. And Love you get it. a full charge overnight or... You do. Yeah, yeah you do. It's, I'm a big... My wife calls it the Pope Mobile, but I absolutely oh, love it. Massive fan. A terrific car. Massive fan. All right. On that positive note, I think we have reached the finish line. Thank you, Peter. Quite all right. And Richard. Thank you. And thanks to our producer, Barbara, on the buttons. He's always thinking, but a penny for those thoughts seems somewhat excessive. And thank you for listening. Please let us know what you think of the program. Search for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram and use the hashtag CGPodcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. It's not only another way to let us and others know what you think. It helps spread the word on the podcast. Takes a minute maximum. Thank you. 
I hope you can join us next week. Until then, remember, if you park your car and don't look back at it as you walk away, you've bought the wrong car. Good advice. Very true.